The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Abortion can be a difficult subject to talk about. For those with personal experience, it may bring pain and can be hard to make sense of. Welcome to Life After Abortion with Michaeline Friedenberg and Skylar Christensen. On our program, we'll offer a safe place to begin the conversation about abortion and provide steps to start healing. Now, here's Michaeline and Skylar. Welcome. This is Michaeline. And this is Skylar. We're so glad that you're here with us today. And particularly so because we recognize that abortion is such a sensitive topic. Something so filled with emotion can often bring up painful memories because so many of us have been impacted. Perhaps because we made that decision or someone close to us has made that decision. And then sometimes it brings up uh, memories and emotions of other reproductive losses, such Mm -hmm. as miscarriage or stillbirth. And so we know that this is really a difficult place to enter in, but yet one where so many are are looking for a safe place to do that. And this is a safe place. Right, right. This is really a place where we're just wanting to to open up that conversation, be able to talk about this, you know, with, with the freedom to, you know, say things imperfectly, but just discuss this topic in, in an area where, where we can just, yeah, be, be free to, to talk openly and, and safe, safely about this subject. Um, so I think we wanted to start this episode by just recapping kind of where Definitely. we've been. We've we've talked about a number of topics in the past few episodes, and they all kind of build off of each other. So it's it's good to just go back and and see how these things all fit together. So we we started off by just talking about the number of people who are impacted by by abortion, and and we talked about some statistics. We said that. Three out of ten women by the age of 45 in the United States will have had at least one abortion. And we talked about the the number of people who are impacted because there's a man involved in that situation, at least in some capacity, and and often their family members and friends who are also impacted. And when you have three out of ten by the age of 45, I mean, that ends up being just a lot of people. So you don't know when you're talking with people about the subject, you don't know if they've been personally impacted. Absolutely. There was someone I met with last week and she just looked at me and she said, you know, basically we're at a point where either, either you've had one or you know, someone who has Mm. period. And that was, and that's out of her own sense of compassion and also her sense of urgency for people to, to be able to find safe places and for Mm -hmm. us to feel equipped to be a safe place. Right. And it's so important to have a safe place to go. We talked, you know, after the number of people are impacted about the fact that it's a disenfranchised grief. It's a a grief that society does not give someone permission to have, really. Our, our culture 
doesn't see this as a significant event for someone to grieve. It's just not thought of in that way. It's so for those people who are hurting because of this reproductive loss, it's hard to to have conversations with people. It's it's hard to find that safe place when nobody's treating it like it's significant. It's just a non-event. It's just something that happened and and you're supposed to move on according to to our culture. Absolutely. And that that's part of why we're then talking about, well, how how would you do that? How would we go about processing this loss and this grief? Right, right. And then we went into the importance of telling your story as kind of that that usual first step into the grieving process and how important it is to to tell your story, put it into words. You know, it, it solidifies that it did actually happen. It it treats it as a significant event. You know, it it helps overcome some of the the negative power associated with that event when you can put it into words, accept that it took place, and then you can start that healing process. Absolutely. And we taught there's a variety of forums to do that. And if someone Mm -hmm. isn't ready to tell another person yet, it's something they could do privately in their journal, or maybe they'd like to do that on the website abortionchangesyou.com. Right, right. And then after telling your story, we talked about building a support system, you know, because Often, and we looked at some stories uh, last time from people who did, they were able to tell their story anonymously, but there was really a need to connect with another person. You could see that they, they really needed to be able to tell their story to someone and have someone there to be a support for them. So last time we, we discussed just how, how important it is for people who are healing to find people that they can trust that they can have as, as part of their support system going through this healing process who they can tell their story to, someone who's going to listen, not be judging, and, and just be there with them, ready to help them through these steps of grieving. Absolutely. And if someone is listening the first time and they're thinking, wow, I'd really like to find somebody, there's a section on abortionchangesyou.com under the Healing Pathways that has some information that would be really helpful. And for those who want to be part of that support system, that was our Safe Place tip last week that we have listed on our Facebook page. Right, right. That Facebook page is Facebook slash Creating a Safe Place. And we'll be posting the safe place tips that we go over every week on there. It's a great resource if you want to go and and just read through those and recap the different things we've talked about on how to just help somebody who's who's maybe hurting, who you know in your life, or and you're not quite sure maybe how to help them. You can go through those. And right. And so on. this today we're going to be talking about another task of grieving, mm-hmm. and that is exploring your emotions. And again, because of our cultural attitudes and because often we keep our abortion a secret, so we don't have a venue to be able to do that, we're not even sure what we're supposed to be feeling or what is our right or is our wrong um, way to do this. And so that's why it becomes so important to be able to explore emotions. And it's one of those things that if we don't, have a space, we don't spend time to do that, 
that can really come out in ways that can be really unhealthy for mm. the individual. It can come out, um, you know, even in unhealthy and self-destructive behaviors, something we'll be talking about in a future episode. Now, that's not to say there's a set timeline. And I think we should say, say right from the beginning, there is not a right or a wrong way mm-hmm. to feel about this. Right. It's very common to have mixed emotions. It's very common for our emotions to change over time. And there's quite a range of emotions that somebody could have. There's quite a range in the intensity of emotions. Right? Someone could say that they're sad. And for somebody, that's, that's something that they, they feel sad. But for another person, it could be like, debilitating in the mm-hmm. sadness that they feel and there's kind of this whole you know gamut and range that's there in between but as part of that processing of having the ability to be able to do that and perhaps if someone has told their story or written their story they probably already started to come in touch with that a little bit. So that can be a really great tool to go back to the story, to see like what types of emotions that were identified in that story. Or maybe you have been able to find a person to be part of your support system. And so you may find yourself saying things like, I'm, I'm sad, or I'm angry, or I'm relieved, and I regret and I'm confused. Why do I feel both of these things? Yeah, yeah, and that can be so confusing. I think, you know, often too, we we tend to think of emotional responses in extremes, or you know, emotions as something you have one at a time. And you know, so I can remember many times in my life where I I felt more than one emotion, but I was confused when that happened because it was. I, I felt like I should have been feeling one thing. It should be easy to describe, but it wasn't really. And we, we've talked about how we often think in extremes, but, you know, many people don't feel the most extreme emotion. Most, most people aren't, you know, at that level of debilitating sadness. They, there are some who might be, but a lot of people will fall in the middle somewhere. And they'll be feeling a lot of different emotions. And it's all, like you said, okay. That's all normal. Absolutely. And those, it may be that we're feeling the emotions immediately after the procedure. Or maybe we're feeling it some days, weeks, months, even years later. (laughs) And then for the other family members and friends, so perhaps in my case, for instance, and I went through a couple years of, of, for me, feeling um, really extreme emotions and Mm. and very negative emotions. And as I began to heal, there was a very painful process that I went through for myself, but it eased over time. But then there came a point where I actually revealed this to my parents and to my sister. So where I I was now at a point where my emotions were very different around the abortion. I now watched my family now starting at a different point Hmm. where they were feeling sadness. And there was a lot of emotion around there. So to keep that in mind, also, events may trigger the emotions. It's not uncommon 
for around the anniversary of the due date of the baby or the anniversary of the abortion, perhaps you kind of went through the year and didn't even think about the experience very much. And then you start to have some feelings, maybe some what ifs, some wistfulness or a lot of sadness or regret, but it might be triggered by events. We have an event coming up that's often a trigger. That's Mother's Day. Mm. And then in June, it'll be Father's Day. So those can be times because our culture then is focused on parents and parenting and all of that. You're honoring your own parents. Uh, Perhaps you are parents of living children as well. And then you're thinking of the one who isn't there. So you can have events that can trigger these things as well as potentially like a future pregnancy in the case of the man or the woman. So maybe during this pregnancy, they then began to reflect back and think about their other pregnancy or maybe someone close to them becomes pregnant. So there's a number of different ways that we can have emotions that are triggered. And I think it's good to keep that in mind and also to keep in mind that emotions can change over time. And as you said, we can be overwhelmed by our emotions We could be numb to the emotions. We may not be feeling anything at all. So let's start to talk about a few ways that we could explore emotions, and then we can pick that up when we come back again. So we've been talking about emotions, and we've mentioned a few of them, but certainly there are more. There are more than sadness or, or anger. And so what are some ways that we can begin to explore those emotions. Yeah, well, there are a few different activities that have been identified as being helpful when exploring emotions. You know, a, a big one is journaling. That's, it, it's kind of along the same lines as telling your story, but this is a little bit more of a, a private thing, and it's just, you know, writing down whatever you're feeling, whatever you're thinking, and, and just you know, letting it flow, letting what's what's in your mind flow out as you write it down or type it on a computer. But just doing that, getting it out, getting the words, you know, actually put to your thoughts. Right. It can be really helpful when exploring those. And it could emotions. be an actual list of emotions or it right. could just be writing and then trying to figure out what's what's in there. And I know for some people this may be a little bit of like, oh, Oh no! Like we all kind of, we all kind of have this thought of journaling is probably a good thing for us to do. But for some of us, it's it's just not something that we can, or, or it doesn't come easily for us. But so, mm-hmm. but perhaps that person is someone who likes to doodle or likes to draw, and so maybe artwork is a yeah. way for them to begin to to do this. Um, or another writing activity, maybe they just have a gift for for like poetry and prose. And so there's a yeah. there's a way to begin to do it. And I think it's just trying to, if we can, try to write some things down and and begin to to work through that way and begin to identify and recognizing again that there is no right or wrong way. Mm-hmm. In fact, when we come back, let's read some of the emotions, possible emotions that someone may be feeling. And we can also share some of the emotions that people choose on the website abortionchangesyou.com.
We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Do you need extra space? A1 Self Storage has the storage unit you need, from closet size to garage. If you're looking to move, we have a huge selection of packing and moving supplies to help you move across town or across the country. Select locations are open for you 24-7, and we offer 51 convenient locations throughout California and Texas. Visit A1Storage.com. You can rent your storage unit completely online. Get started now at A, the number one, storage.com. We are bombarded daily with information about beauty products and anti-aging treatments. Do you know how they have been tested? Are they truly going to make a change or just take the change out of your pocket? Tune in to Shelly's Show and Tell with host Shelly Hancock. We'll bring you the top-rated skincare products and treatments tested by Real Transformation Skin Care Centers. We'll motivate you to make the best changes. Listen Mondays at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Health and Wellness. Do you find yourself caring for people in multiple generations? Are you exhausted, stressed, and overwhelmed? Instead of spending hours searching for resources and information, Dr. Merrill and her guests will provide you with practical, everyday information and solutions to help make your life easier. Tune in to Caught Between Generations, Thursdays at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time, on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to Life After Abortion. If you'd like to connect to the program today, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. If you'd rather send an email, our email address is contact at abortionchangesyou.com. Now, back to Life After Abortion. Welcome back. This is Michael Lee. And this is Skyler. We're so glad that you're here with us here today, and and please be assured, this is a safe place Mm -hmm. to be exploring how people are impacted by abortion, either from the decision we've made ourselves or someone close to us, or maybe we're here because we just, we really want to know how we could support somebody else. Mm -hmm. So today we're talking about exploring emotions and the importance of doing that. And we were mentioning some potential activities. You brought up journaling. We talked about, well, maybe that's not your thing. Maybe artwork is something that is more more in that during break. You were talking about um, maybe dancing, getting out yeah. through dancing. Yeah. That made me smile because that's uh, within our family. That's a little bit of a... Uh, something that we chuckle about because dancing is something that I have done my entire life and there are times that at at the house either seriously or sometimes not being seriously I will I will dance out my my feelings for the family my feelings of joy or my feelings of sadness or my feelings of anger and um, even though we chuckle about it I actually interestingly find that to be actually really helpful of course we can do that privately as well but maybe i think more often people think maybe like hiking Mm 
mm-hmm. a hiking, physical activity, um, just just getting out and and going. Sometimes that allows us, right? Kind of our our mind then kind of relaxes, right, and we're right. into maybe looking at nature, or we're just into our heart rates, you know, stepping up. And it's amazing how we can sometimes then get in touch with some things that we weren't aware of. Right, right. Yeah, there are just so many different things that can be done to, to help explore these emotions. You know, we've listed a few, like like you said, journaling, artwork, poetry, hiking, dancing. These are just a few examples, though. The the big idea in exploring emotions is to to just take what's inside and get it out somehow through some kind of activity. And so there, there are so many more ways to do this, and it's going to be different for different people depending on just what they're interested in, what they enjoy doing, the kinds of activities that, that they just relate with well in that kind of way. The, the idea is taking what's inside and getting it out. Absolutely. And some of that's going to be private work. That'll be yeah. private work. But this is also a really great time to bring in members of your support system to yeah. also accompany you toward during this time because certainly getting in touch with our emotions can be something that's painful. It can be draining. Maybe we need to start and stop and start and stop. And that that's totally fine. Everybody's pace is going to be different, unique for them. But it's really wonderful if you don't have to go through it alone. And then sometimes being able to to do this helps us to kind of sort out a little bit more as we're talking about it. It's interesting as we do that with another individual, mm-hmm. it starts to become more clear for us. So to mention one more exercise before we share some stories, and it's a really popular one on the website abortionchangesyou.com. So under Explore Emotions, there is an exercise where people are invited to post their feelings. And there's a list of 100 emotions that range from everything from relieved, comforted, calm, all the way to those who are saying they're depressed, angry, maybe they feel dead inside. They're guilty, they're grieving. And so there's the whole range of emotions. And I thought it would be good to read. Now, these are people who are coming to this website typically because they're really troubled by their experience. Mm-hmm. And so the emotions that they tend to choose are ones that are more painful uh, to read. There certainly are exceptions. But for instance, last year, the top five emotions that were chosen on the website were alone afraid, broken, ashamed, depressed. Hmm. And after that was guilty, angry, empty, changed. Now that is not to say that that is how people should feel. It's how the individuals who are coming to the website are feeling. But I think it's just good to have an idea of what are people choosing when they're coming to the website. But they also are choosing things such as alive, spiritual, healing, maternal. So they're all in very different places. Right, and often they'll, they'll be more than one right next to each other. Absolutely, and it's not uncommon. It's yeah. not uncommon to do that. And it just seems so helpful, this this exercise in particular, having that list of 100 emotions. I know as I've tried to work through emotions of, of some past situations, I end up just being able to think of like three or four words 
for emotions that I'm feeling, but it's, it's great to have that list of a hundred emotions, you know, just to, to put words to what you're feeling a little bit more than you might be able to do yourself. Absolutely. And we might be surprised at which ones kind of stand out to us. And if we are, that could be something to write about or talk about or draw about. Let's share a few stories. And I wanted to start by sharing a story of someone who's really desiring to share her emotions. She said, I found out about my mom's abortion about two years ago, but I kept it all to myself But it was getting to the point that I would get physically sick from everything that I was keeping inside. I finally told my mom what I knew, and we sat and talked and cried about it. She told me that when I was little, if I was asked if I wanted another sibling, I would say that I wanted an older sister. I remember saying this, and I would always wonder why my mom got angry at me for saying so. She told me that she always thought she would have had a girl. She asked me if I wanted her to explain everything, and I said no at the time because I was afraid of upsetting her even more. It's now been a year since we talked about her experience, and now I desperately want to talk to her about it again, mainly because I want to know if she got help for the trauma she experienced. I would also like to talk about the feelings about my aborted sibling. Hmm. So, so interesting. She describes that for a while, keeping it in, she was feeling physically sick. And that compelled her to reach out to her mom. And so they had this initial time of sharing and talking. And I think this also just demonstrates, right, kind of that pacing that we go through. And so it sounds like at that time, that was very, that was, that was a very healing experience for both of them. And then yet, as often is, as time went on, she realized, well, I have more questions or I have more thoughts and feelings and this wanting to continue that process on and wanting to reach out, but also her fear. She doesn't want to hurt her mother anymore. And we hear that so often, don't we? Like, I don't want to cause additional pain. And yet we've typically found it's actually kind of the opposite. Most people, maybe not at that moment, maybe when you bring it up, perhaps it's not at that time, but you can set a time to talk about it. Mm-hmm. But most people do want a venue if they feel safe and know that they're going to, this is going to be a judgment of compassion and non judgment, an environment of that, then we do have thoughts that we want to process. And I think that she stated this so beautifully. And I'm hoping after she wrote her story out that she was able to go back to her mom again and talk to her about those feelings. Yeah, right. I mean, so many of the stories, you can hear it. They're wanting to get it out. They're wanting to talk about it. And like you said, there are others who might be afraid to want to bring it up because they're afraid to cause more pain. But that's exactly what they're wanting. They're wanting it to be brought up. They're wanting to be able to talk about it. But no one is talking about it. Absolutely. So it's all just stuck inside and they're not able to explore those emotions with somebody because yes. no and, one's wanting to talk about and it. And stuck inside is a great way to describe that. And so, no, it's not fun to talk about painful things. But when we do that, it starts to take the power away from it and 
and and it begins in time to resolve itself in the very process of doing that something that when we hold on to or don't have a place to do that then there there's there's no ability for that process to continue you have a, a short story yeah, yeah. from a, a a man who wrote into the site yeah so this story starts several years ago i dated a girl whom i loved She wanted to have a family, and I thought I was too young. I wanted to enjoy my life and go to graduate school. One day, she tells me she was pregnant. We discussed it and decided to get an abortion. I never stopped regretting. The abortion was disturbing. The clinic we went to was very dirty, and the operation was painful. Each time I see a baby, I cannot look at him or her. It feels very shameful. The burden of guilt is very heavy, and the feeling of someone haunting me is always there. I've been through a lot of anxiety and depression since then. Wow. And again, we don't often think of men having those types of feelings or emotions. And here he talks about what the trigger is seeing a child. So when he sees another child, and of course we can't escape that. So he sees a child and what does he say? He says he feels shameful. He regrets it. And for him, now this is kind of the anxiety and the depression. So certainly in this instance, having others to talk to will be very important for him. But it also sounds like he needs to find um, some sort of counseling to help him as well. Right. And and again, you t- everybody is different in this. But certainly if we're beginning to identify, like, I'm feeling really anxious I'm feeling really depressed. Then that for us, those are clues of, okay, maybe I need a little bit more help, a little bit more assistance to get over this particular bump. And we've Mm -hmm. talked in the past about the find help directory on abortionchangesyou.com. So that's a place if, if we don't know of resources in our area, that's a place to go to where you can find individual counseling as well as some other very specific resources for those who are dealing with a past abortion. Right. So we're coming up on the break. I think we have another story to share when we get back, and then we'll head into our safe place tip for the week. We also have a question of the week that's really right. relevant yeah, we do. We do. to what we're talking about. In addition to, we do want to, we've been sharing about different resources, and we definitely want to share about a, a helpline. Because mm-hmm. maybe as we're talking today, people are saying, maybe they're on the spectrum of, I'm feeling kind of overwhelmed in this. And it might be helpful for them to have a number that they could call into. And we will be talking about that when we come back. We're so glad again that you're here, that you're exploring this with us. And please, if you have a question, you can contact us at contact at abortionchangesyou.com. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. 
Do you need extra space? A1 Self Storage has the storage unit you need, from closet size to garage. If you're looking to move, we have a huge selection of packing and moving supplies to help you move across town or across the country. Select locations are open for you 24-7, and we offer 51 convenient locations throughout California and Texas. Visit A1Storage.com. You can rent your storage unit completely online. Get started now at A, the number one, storage.com. We are surrounded by crises, domestic violence, mental health issues, rape, suicide. Often we feel alone if we are dealing with these issues ourselves or we feel powerless to help others who are dealing with them. You don't have to feel alone. Listen for The Journey, Stories of Crisis and Hope with Jessica Pirro. The show is an open forum to share and get advice from others and guest experts and begin or continue the healing process. Listen live every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Health & Wellness. Do you feel that you aren't at your best when it comes to your personal health? Even if your doctor gives you a clean bill of health and says everything is in working order, perhaps you aren't feeling at the top of your game. Dr. Rebecca Risk overcame pain and fatigue despite all tests to the contrary. Learn how she put her health back on track and how you can too on Falling Through the Cracks. Live every Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time on Voice America Health & Wellness. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. listening to Life After Abortion. If you'd like to connect to the program today, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. If you'd rather send an email, our email address is contact at abortionchangesyou.com. Now, back to Life After Abortion. Welcome. This is Michaeline. And this is Skylar. We're so glad that you're here with us today. We've been talking today about exploring emotions. We were sharing about some the importance of that as well as some activities that we could do. And then we were sharing some stories as well. And we wanted to, to share one more story before we head into our safe place tip for the week. So this is a story that's actually sent in just a couple of days ago. And it starts out, it says, I'm 21, almost 22. I was in love so deeply and capturing it consumed me. And then she describes finding out that she was pregnant and that her boyfriend was not supportive. She said, I didn't want to talk to anyone, and I started pushing my boyfriend away. I went to the ultrasound alone, watched that heartbeat and sonogram alone, and felt a pain in my heart at this beautiful life. But I knew I didn't have means to survive. I would not be able to provide for it. I had to take out a credit card to pay for the procedure. I called him crying, saying how awful it was, and I didn't know if I could do it. He said I needed to. We weren't ready, but he loved me and would be there for me. He dumped me four days before my procedure, so now I don't even have anyone to talk to about my emotions. She then describes the procedure and said I cried. I felt like a part of me was gone, and it was. 
I had lost the man I loved and our child. And it still feels like part of me is missing. It's only been a week. A doctor said I'm depressed. I am. I made the wrong choice, but I also made the right one. I wanted that child, but I had no support, no future. It wouldn't have had a life to live. I couldn't give it anything. I can't even provide for myself. My ex could care less. He's happy he has a new girl. And I'm still here trying to figure out what it would have been like if the time was right and what it will be like when I can have that baby. But at the moment, I feel so lost and empty, wishing I could change everything so I hadn't lost everything. So this young woman is feeling a lot of different emotions, a lot of mixed emotions. You know, she's saying she feels depressed and then says, I made the wrong choice, but I also made the right choice. Right, right. And we hear that a lot. I mean, that's a very common thing to have feelings of relief. I mean, there's there's a crisis. They're going into this because there's a crisis situation and they don't, they can't see a great option. So they're doing this and, and it's natural to feel that relief that she's describing afterwards but then so much regret at the same time it and it that's got to be confusing absolutely and of course she's describing two losses Mm -hmm. right she lost her boyfriend who she was very much in love with and she's lost her child she also talked about how she had already been pushing away her friends and her family Mm-hmm. And so she has all of these emotions and these conflicting and mixed emotions going on and her feeling like there's really nobody to talk to and nobody to turn to. So glad she found a website like abortionchangesyou.com and felt that she could write out her story, which is helping to process. That's helping her to process. And then hopefully she will continue, and she'll continue to find someone that she can talk to, somebody trusted, Mm -hmm. and that she can begin to work through and process those emotions, knowing that it takes time to do that. And there isn't a right or wrong way. Um, What she is feeling is what she is feeling. It is real and true for her. And I think that leads us right into our safe place tip right. for the week. Right, right. We've been talking about, you know, there's such a wide range of emotions. And the safe place tip this week, if, if you're wanting to help someone who's hurting, who's trying to explore their emotions, one of the most important things that you can do for them is to validate the emotions that they're feeling, to let them know that that is okay that they're feeling it. Give them permission to feel what they're feeling. Say it's normal. This is okay. Your your emotions, they are valid. It you know, you, you can't exactly help your emotions. It's just it's something that happens as a result of of some significant event. Right. So that's part of when we want to be a safe place for somebody else is to be able to accept them right where they're at right 
and right where they're at with this young woman she described, but we described in the course of today's show, we've described people in very different places. So being able to accept them where they're at and then validate, that can sound kind of like, wow, that's a, that's a big word. That sounds complicated. How do you do that? And really, it's something very easy to do. We talked about listening last week and the importance of listening, listening, being present, not fixing, and having very simple things to say when you say anything at all. Mm-hmm. We talked last week about saying, I'm so sorry for your loss, if that's something that's appropriate, and often that is an appropriate statement to share. But then this is this also, if someone is expressing these conflicting emotions, to be able to say um, say something simply like, like that that's a lot. You've mm-hmm. gone through a lot. I can understand why you're feeling this way. Like that that is so meaningful to that individual. Um, perhaps someone is expressing anger to make a comment like, you know, I, I could see why you feel so much anger. Again, we're not trying to fix it. We're not going to be suggesting what they do with it. But it's so important to hear that back. I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm feeling these things and I'm okay. And as you said, mm-hmm. that also normalizes it. It's not that we're, we could even say, look, this sounds normal, but you don't even have to say that. It's just you being there, not being shocked, not being uncomfortable, being present, and being able to reflect back to them some of the emotions that they are expressing to you. And they may not have, even though they've said it to you, they may not have put a name onto their emotion yet. So if you're right. saying back to them, like, oh, it, it just sounds like you're you're so sad. Wow. You know, you, know, you have those moments where you're like, I, I really am. Like, I really am. And so that, now that, I said, is simple, but it can also be be really hard. If this goes back into some of the things we were talking about last week, when someone we care about is in great pain, we want to relieve the pain. Mm -hmm. We want to have that fixed. We want them to heal as quickly as possible, and yet it's a process. And so you won't see instantaneous results in front of you. In fact, it may seem like it's worse, but this is all part of kind of a messy part of the process of Mm -hmm. working through grieving and coming to a point of healing on this. So not rushing in, not fixing, always keeping that in mind. But also we're saying accepting someone where they're at, but what if we don't, agree with where they're at what if it makes us really uncomfortable right what they are sharing with us and that kind of starts to sound like what we were discussing last week with those questions that you can ask yourself if you're wanting to be a support with for somebody else and and that belief question what are my beliefs and and what are my what's my level of involvement in this those those questions kind of together you know when they when they come to you and tell you their story, tell you their emotions, are you going to be able to realize what you believe enough to, to just be there with them and, and help them? Absolutely. And if someone wants to go and review those, they can find that on our Facebook on page. On Facebook page, yeah. Facebook slash creating a safe place. 
And those are, those are great questions to go through and reflect upon. I think another thing to talk about with this, uh, our safe place tip of validating emotions is that sometimes you, being the person to support and to help, may become confused as well. Because you may hear someone bouncing all over the place. In fact, you may reflect back an emotion to them for them to say, but I but I feel this, or it's that. Mm-hmm. It, that. That is all okay. We can sit, we can listen, and, and again, we're not, we're not judging, we're accepting that. Or maybe someone talks to us one time and they're expressing great regret and great remorse and sadness and guilt and grief. And then when we touch back, you know, back in with them and ask them how they're doing, then they might be expressing a lot of relief or even gratitude that they were able to have the procedure. And you may be thinking, what? This is confusing. And yet that too is normal. That's part of someone processing, and it is not uncommon to be bouncing back and forth, just kind of depending where we're at, or maybe there's different triggers that are going on, or perhaps someone was in a place of being able to process pain, and then they're feeling overwhelmed in it, so maybe they've moved back into a more protective position for themselves and that's a that's a normal part of the process we tend to kind of go back and forth but as the person who's trying to help that can be really confusing and you might be wondering if you're doing something wrong and are you actually helping them and you are but we also one of the things last week we talked about right was being able to know your limitations so if you're feeling yourself overwhelmed in all of this or confused or you're beginning to suspect maybe something more is going on or I don't know if something more is going on to be honest as well with that individual be able to say that you are there for them you support them but you're wondering right now if maybe they would benefit from having another person or can we bring Mm -hmm. somebody else in or can we make a phone call together can I go to a support group with you so it's okay to do all of those things right and how great for that person when they don't have to go through that process of finding help alone even if you're not the one who Mm -hmm. can help them being with them just even you know searching the internet for things that can be helpful or just just being with them as they make a phone call That's it's worth so much. It is. So when we come back, let's get we have a question of the week that actually pertains specifically to this. And then we'll also talk about that helpline. So there are many resources that are available, um, but I think this is a I mean this is a really this is a great one for someone who maybe is beyond okay I need something more than anonymous, and I need something a little bit more than my friend right now, or maybe I have this friend but it's two a.m. in the morning, or you know where can I call? And we'll talk about that when we return. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. 
Do you need extra space? A1 Self Storage has the storage unit you need, from closet size to garage. If you're looking to move, we have a huge selection of packing and moving supplies to help you move across town or across the country. Select locations are open for you 24-7, and we offer 51 convenient locations throughout California and Texas. Visit A1Storage.com. You can rent your storage unit completely online. Get started now at A, the number one, storage.com. When a woman is diagnosed with breast cancer, it's probably the most frightening thing that's ever happened to her. Friends and family often don't know what to do for support, not to mention the patient herself. That's where Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio comes in. Join Becky Olson and Sharon Hennepin, breast cancer survivors and advocates. They help by providing inspiration, information, and most of all, hope. Tune in every Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Explore the power of natural healing with Howard Strauss. Join us each week for an informative program that will help you learn effective healing methods using natural remedies. Howard's guests include top researchers, authors, and experts who will share their views on a variety of natural products and healing methods that really work. Tune in to The Power of Natural Healing with Howard Strauss, Mondays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to Life After Abortion. If you'd like to connect to the program today, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. If you'd rather send an email, our email address is contact at abortionchangesyou.com. Now, back to Life After Abortion. Welcome. This is Michaeline. And this is Skylar. So great to have you back with us. So we were just talking about in this last segment of this episode on exploring emotions, we're going over our safe place tip for this week, which was on validating the emotions of of the person who you're talking with. If you're wanting to help the hurting individual, just letting them know that, you know, what they're feeling is okay. Yes. Validating those feelings and saying, you know, that's, it's okay that you're feeling that. And that's, that's a perfectly valid thing to be feeling or or just letting them know after they share their emotions with you just saying you know that's hard and i can understand that you would be feeling that just letting them know that that that's perfectly normal what they're feeling and that it's a an okay thing and so this safe place tip as with all the other safe place tips will be posted on our facebook page if you're wanting to just go over all these safe place tips that we go over every week go to facebook slash creating a safe place and you can see those they're uploaded every week. Wonderful, yes. And feel free to, to share that as well. We noticed that people were doing that last week, mm-hmm. which is really wonderful. And that's just yeah. helping all of us to be equipped to be a safe place. So we have a question this week. Yes, we do. Question of the week. All right, so this is this is a question that actually fits right in with today's subject. Um, this person asks, my friend had an abortion, but it doesn't seem like they have any strong emotions at all, one way or another. Is that normal? Boy, and I get 
That question is certainly something that is that is asked, and and I can certainly understand why it would be. And typically, that is asked out of great concern. So I don't know with that particular question, but if somebody is there personally, they will often say, "I get the feeling that it was something that was significant, maybe even traumatic for them, but yet." They don't now seem to be showing any emotion, and they want to do something to help. So I think with this question, and again, that this is going to be this is going to be a tough answer for people to hear if it's someone you care about and you suspect there's something wrong. Um, but the thing is, we you know, is it you know, is this normal? It is normal to have a whole range of emotions. And it's normal to have those emotions change over time. And it really isn't for us to guess. Now, if we see specific destructive behaviors, that's different. And we'll be talking about that next week. But absent that, it's again being present for that person and, and being able to accept them where they're at and it's, it's very likely that they're in a place where they perhaps aren't feeling any particular emotion about it, or they're just not in a place where they want to reveal that. They want to be protective mm-hmm. of that. Or maybe they have a lot of other stuff going on. And so this is one that they cannot attend to at the time. But for us to try to put something on them... Um, or to push them in a certain direction is really not going to be helpful. It would not be the best way for us to to care for them. But that also may mean that we have emotions of our own that mm-hmm. are surrounding this experience. And so perhaps also doing a little bit of how is this impacting me? And do I need somebody to talk to without revealing the confidence, of course, of that person? But maybe there's some stuff for us to work through as well, which we'd want to do for ourselves. But in addition, it would be something great to do because if that person, if their emotions do change over time, or if they're at a place where they want to talk about this, then we're even more equipped and ready to be able to help them at that time. Right, right. So, I mean, it, it sounds like the the simple answer to the question, though it's not an easy answer, is yes, it's normal. I mean, that's just the, the question, is that normal? That's really what we've been talking about, that people do have that question, wondering what's normal. Yes. You know, they see their friend hurting. Is this normal? Is this a normal way to hurt? Is this a normal way to hurt? And everybody wants to make sure that their, their friends, the people they know are are normal are are you know dealing with this in a way that is is not so abnormal that they need a special kind of care absolutely and i think culturally too we tend to have this thing of like um oh they're in denial are they in denial we've talked about mm-hmm. that a little bit but just to kind of remind denial if that really is the case and we we don't know but if it really is that can be a very protective coping mechanism. Now, if that's how you live your whole life, that turns into something else. But let's say it's episodic. Perhaps we simply, in our emotional bandwidth, cannot handle another thing. Mm -hmm. Well, it's a gift then to be able to set that aside 
and then be able to attend to it at a time when we have more emotional bandwidth and we have the ability to look at that. We talked about the helpline. We've been yeah. saying that, and I'm realizing we probably should have been giving the phone number out the entire time about this. And so let me start with that, and then we'll describe a little bit what the helpline is. This is our, our resource that we're highlighting this week. And so the helpline's number, it's a toll-free number. It's 866-482-5433. So it's 866 482 5433. And this is specifically an abortion recovery helpline. And those who are answering the phones 24 hours a day, seven days a week, have all had training in grief and loss counseling and specifically around reproductive loss after abortion. Some do in addition are licensed clinicians, others are not, but everybody has been trained and everybody's supervised by a licensed clinician who has experience in supervision. And so, in fact, we'll be having the founder of the helpline, Millie Lace, on a future program as one of our guests. And I'm really looking forward to talking with Millie and hearing about how the helpline started and hearing more about it. But I think for right now, it's just good to know that if you're feeling overwhelmed in your emotions or you feel numb in your emotions, or maybe you are asking those questions and you're saying, I I really am concerned about how my friend or family member is that I want to know, is there something more that I need to do? Call the helpline. Mm-hmm. It's 866-482-5433. That's 866-482-5433. Everything is kept confidential. Um, on the helpline and you will be treated with respect and sensitivity and I think that's just a great resource to have in addition to abortionchangesyou.com right and kind of as we were describing earlier if you're uh, a friend who's helping someone and you're realizing that you have limitations that you know you can't help them beyond a certain point this is a great resource to to be with them as they call or maybe just to give to them for them to call on their own time Absolutely. So we're so grateful that you were here with us this week. We hope you go to our Facebook page, Creating a Safe Place, and look for our Safe Place tips and share that with others. Mm -hmm. And then please join us again next week. So we'll be sharing another Safe Place tip and highlighting a resource. But our main theme is going to be around unhealthy behaviors. Mm-hmm. So this is not going to be everyone who's impacted is certainly not going to fit into this category, but I think it's really good to be aware of what could those behaviors look like? Where would I, how could I send someone or send someone off for some intervention? And so that's something that we'll be taking kind of a bit of a pause from the different tasks and then just pausing here in case somebody is finding themselves in that place. And we'll be sharing some more stories as well. Thank you so much for joining us, and we look forward to having you back again. Thank you for listening today. Be sure to join us again for another edition of Life After Abortion next Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Remember, we're here to help you.